0: Continuing in our series, going through the, the Book of James. If you do have a Bible, just go straight uh, straight ahead and open up to the Book of, of James, New Testament book. Feel free to use the contents if you would like to. And uh, and throughout this uh, this series, uh, we've been going through it over a few weeks over the past little while. We're going to be going through it over a, a few weeks still. Uh, If you've missed any of the sermons, you can catch up with them uh, online. And what this series is all about is understanding how faith relates to our works and how works relate back to faith. One of the big distinctions that uh, Christianity has uh, compared to a lot of other religions within the world, uh, a lot of religions throughout the world teach that you need to do a certain amount of good things to be made right with God. We've already been hearing about reconciliation throughout tonight. Um, To be reconciled to God, many uh, religions throughout the world will teach that you need to do certain things to be reconciled to God. Um, Rather, what Christianity teaches is when we have been reconciled to God and we do have a relationship with Him, out of that then flows good works for us to be able to do. And James is a book that focuses on this. After being reconciled to God, having a relationship with Him and knowing Him, what then are the actions that flow out of this? What are the works that come uh, out of this? And so far we've seen multiple different things that come as a, re- a result of having a relationship with Jesus. We've seen how last week Dave spoke about how uh, how it changes our words. We've seen how it changes our view of the most vulnerable people in the world. We've seen how it changes our view on the word of God. We've seen how it changes our view of sin. How it changes our view of suffering. There are multiple things that change in us when we come into relationship with Jesus. And tonight, what James is talking about here uh, is how it changes our wisdom. What our uh, what wisdom changes within us after we come into relationship with Jesus? And then James goes even one step further and says, what are the actions of a wise man? Person. Now, wisdom isn't something that is uh, that's actually spoken about often within society today, uh, or recognised within society today. Um, a lot of you will be studying at the moment. You'll be going to to university and and uh, and studying different things. Uh, you will be doing courses. Um, throughout your life maybe in in different things there 's a lot of professional development that can uh, that can take place once you 've entered into the workplace Most of these different things that uh, that I just mentioned they are um, they exist to be able to increase our knowledge. Now, knowledge is a good thing. We need to uh, to know things. It's valuable to uh, to increase your knowledge. But wisdom is different to this. You can't go to university and do a degree in how to be wise. When I first um, started dating my now lovely wife, Sarah, I... Um, I wanted to know a little bit about who she was. Now, what I could have done is just sought to know different facts about who she is. So I could have asked her, uh, what is your, your favourite food? I found out now it's, uh, it's seafood. Um, I could have asked her, what's her favourite music artist? It's Taylor Swift. Um, could have asked her what her favourite TV show is. It's friends, by the way. I feel, I'm pretty proud of this. I know my wife pretty well. I could have asked her what her favourite colour is. I actually don't know what her favourite colour is. What's your favourite colour, darling? She doesn't have one. Yes, I do know my wife well. But there was a whole heap of things I could have asked her just to gain a little bit of knowledge about who she is. There could have been a list of things so that I know, oh, these are the things Uh, That Sarah likes. These are the things that Sarah dislikes. Wisdom is more than that. For me to really understand and know Sarah really well, I would have had to understand how her moods work, um, how she feels when different things are happening around her. I would have had to understand what her wants are. And wisdom is more like this. It's taking the things that we know and then being able to Uh, apply it in ways that are both, these are the two key things, that are both honouring to God and also for the good of others around us. They're the two key things that are involved in wisdom. So taking truth that we know and then applying it in ways that are honouring to God and for the good of people around us. Now, although our society around us speaks far more about knowledge and recognises knowledge uh, a lot more than wisdom, the Bible actually uh, speaks far more about wisdom than it does about knowledge. Um, So, for example, many of you would have been familiar with Jesus' words where he has said, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. There is a whole book called the Book of Proverbs, which is essentially a book of wise sayings. The book of Proverbs exists to really say, here is how you live a wise life. And in James 3, there's more that James goes on to say about what it means to, uh, to live a wise life. The way that James um, tackles this in James three thirteen to 18, is firstly, he speaks about what wisdom doesn't look like and then what it does look like. So it'll be there on the screen for you right now. Uh, So let's read together. James 3, verses 13 to 18. And it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now, one of the things I really appreciated as we've gone through this series, and I really appreciate this about the the way that James writes, is he is super straightforward. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to be able to understand the book of James. He says things really clearly. And what we see here is pretty clear. The first thing that he does is he spends time telling us, this is what wisdom isn't. And then he tells us this is what wisdom is and this is what it looks like. And the first thing that he does, as I just mentioned, is he tells us what wisdom doesn't look like. And the words that he chooses to use are bitter envy and selfish Ambition. Now, I found this really interesting when I first read this, and the reason I found this really interesting is because James chooses to use these terms, bitter envy and selfish ambition, twice throughout a couple of verses so he's being really really intentional with his words here in saying this is what wisdom doesn't look like or someone who is not wise will display these uh these characteristics so what i thought we would do is just firstly let's tackle these two different things one by one to understand what these look like so the first one bitter envy True wisdom doesn't look like bitter envy. What is James talking about here when he, uh, when he says this? The language that James is using here... Um, It's actually less about the feeling of envy, or we probably use the word jealousy a lot more uh, in the way that we can sometimes view it. That's not really how how James is using that. Um, We might think about envy or jealousy like, I'm jealous of that person's um, car. I'm jealous of that person's clothes, that person's friends. I'm jealous of that person's life. That's sometimes how we can think about it. But James's language that he uses is more along the lines about saying, um, uh, having bad feelings towards someone else. So essentially what James is saying here is if you, have, if you are someone who has consistently bad relationships with other people, then you are someone who lacks wisdom. A few examples. If you are someone who struggles to get along with people consistently and everyone else is the problem, then you're probably someone who lacks wisdom. If you are someone who has friendship groups that spend more time gossiping about one another than talking to one another, you probably lack wisdom. Wisdom. If you are someone who always thinks other people are in the wrong, it's always their fault, you probably lack wisdom. If you are someone who believes everyone else has things better than you, you probably lack wisdom. Essentially, if you are someone who has bitterness in your heart consistently for other people, if that's a normal thing for you, then there is probably a lack of wisdom in your life. We've probably met many many people uh, like this. As I was preparing this message, uh, there was probably one person in particular I, I drew my mind to. You guys don't know this person. Oh, I know, so it, it doesn't matter that I use them as an example. Um, my, one of my um, one of my family members has a uh, has a neighbour, and this neighbour is one of these people who chooses to find every single thing wrong with the rest of the people in the street. So every single time uh, anyone does anything, they choose to leave letters in their mailbox or they choose to leave other things on their doorstep. Uh, This person has consistently been someone who has had bad relationships with pretty much every single person that they, that they come into contact with. Anyway, this relative of mine made it their mission to love this person well. And so what this family member has done, they've actually done a really great job of this, but what they found is that there's more frustration that seems to come from this person because every single time that they are nice to this person, there's nothing that they can be grumpy about. There's nothing that they can be bitter and angry about. Now, some of you have probably met people like this who have consistently bad relationships with people that they come into uh, come into contact with um but one of the things I, I see here and i wonder why is this a marker of being an unwise person why does james choose that and the reason i think that james speaks about bitter envy uh having bitter bitterness towards other people as a marker of being unwise is because of what we said earlier on tonight. Is that wisdom is about applying truth um, that you know into your life that is both honouring to God and for the good of other people. So if you have consistently bad relationships, if you are consistently bitter towards other people, then the likelihood is that you have not, you don't have the good of other people. Uh, as a first thing in your heart. So that's the first thing that wisdom doesn't look like, bitter envy. But the second one, selfish ambition that James mentions here, I find that really confusing. Oh, I found it really confusing about um, why, did, why did James choose that in particular to, to define this is what an unwise person looks like? How can selfish ambition be wrong? When I think about ambition, there are uh, a couple of people who I I think about. Um, The first one is Michael Jordan. You have to admit, he was a very ambitious person. He wanted to win. He would work himself tirelessly to make sure that he was on the winning team. And he would work his teammates tirelessly to make sure that he was on the winning team. Another guy who I find quite uh, ambitious within his life is uh, a guy called Elon Musk. He has put his finances on the line to be able to make sure that there are these amazing rockets going into space and these incredible things happening that no one has seen done before through uh, through SpaceX. Now, uh, although both of these guys have things in their life that are probably not very, very Christ-like, one of the things I actually admire about both of these guys, is their desire to achieve things that no one has achieved before, their desire to work hard and be the best in their field. So why is something like ambition spoken about as a bad thing? Why does that mean that you are not a wise person? And I think the reason is, is to do with this key word that comes before being ambitious, which is the word selfish. Because selfish ambition means that you are willing to stomp out other people around you. You're willing to hurt other people in order to be able to get what you want and in order to be able to advance yourself. There's a guy called J.H. Ropes who said that selfish ambition is an inclination to use unworthy and divisive means for promoting one's own self-interests. My guess is, for many of you here tonight, that doesn't feel like that applies to you uh, right now. Um, There probably haven't been a whole stack of opportunities that you've had throughout your life to be stomping on other people and trying to advance yourself. But one of the areas that has the possibility in the future for many of you um, where this could become a reality is in the workplace. For some of you, you may be presented with opportunities in the future where you are able to... Hurt other people, where you're able to push other people aside in order to advance yourself, to gain more status for yourself. Now, both of these things, bitter envy and selfish ambition, um, the reason I think that James uses these is because there is one thing in common with both of them. When we understand that bitter envy, the more of what he's talking about is just having bitterness towards others around you, and when we see selfish ambition is trotting, uh, treading out people around you in order to win, the thing that both of these have in common is divisiveness. So being someone who is concerned with getting their own way and looking negatively towards other people. So that is the marker, divisiveness, that is the marker of someone who doesn't have wisdom. So that's the first thing. That's what wisdom doesn't look like. But then James goes on and he tells us what wisdom does look like. Can we just have the next one, Eric? Thanks, mate. And James tells us really clearly here's the words that he chooses to to use. I'm going to go through these slowly. Reflect on every single one of these words as I read them. True wisdom looks, it looks pure. It looks peace-loving. It looks considerate. It looks submissive. It looks full of mercy and good fruit. It looks impartial. And it looks sincere. Reflect on those things. That those are the markers of someone who is wise pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. When I was at Bible College, I was talking to Luke about Bible College actually earlier tonight. Um, When I was at Bible College, there was a, a particular lecturer who was um, significantly older than all the other lecturers. Um, and he was uh, he was just finishing up when I, when I started at, at college. Um, and he was the guy that every single lecturer came to for advice. He was the guy that every single um, student came to for advice. Um, and the reason that everyone came to this guy for advice was because, um, first of all, he was the smartest one in the room. But the second reason, the main reason, is because people acknowledged him as a wise person. And one of the things I really appreciated about this lecture when I was at college, he, um, although he was consistently the smartest person in the room and although he was consistently the wisest person in the room, he was also the humblest person in the room um, whenever I would spend time with him. He really demonstrated all of these different characteristics. He was considerate. He was sincere in his relationships. He would be submissive in relationships to other people. And those are the things, those are the markers of someone who has great wisdom. When they demonstrate these things in a great way in their life, that demonstrates that they have great wisdom in their hearts. Now, I've... I've met lots of people who have gained influence and have been considered wise by other people, and yet many of these people, though they have been considered um, wise because they have been able to gain influence, um, the, the influence that they have been able to gain has been solely for their own purposes. And... Um, and in the meantime, they have caused divisiveness. Now, according to God's word, according to what we see here in the book of James, these people aren't wise. We shouldn't allow ourselves um, to, be, uh, to be influenced by divisive people. We should allow ourselves to be influenced by wise people. And how do we know wise people through all of these characteristics that we've mentioned pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now, I just really want to encourage um, all of you here tonight, and um, and even as I've been preparing this myself, it's this been something I've been reflecting on personally, um, surround yourself with people who demonstrate these characteristics, because if they demonstrate these characteristics, these are wise people, so keep your eyes out for anyone who has has this and be influenced by those people also allow yourself to be someone who grows in these characteristics above all others so that's what wisdom isn't and that's what wisdom is and that's what wisdom looks like so how do we become wise people is it as simple as wisdom comes with age um, I think that's part of it, um, but I don't think that can ever be the, the, sole, um, the sole part of it. Because James 1 verse 5, he's actually already t- told us, how do we grow in wisdom? How do we do it? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults. And it will be given to you. This is one of the most reassuring things I find within, uh, within Scripture, verses like this, because it is a guaranteed promise that we are given by God that when you ask for wisdom, it will be given to you. This is a promise that God is, uh, is faithful to. In, uh, in World War I, there was a guy called uh, Captain Robert Campbell. He was a British uh, prisoner of war who was captured by, by the Germans um, and, uh, and he very boldly went to the, um, the head of the prisoner of war camp and he asked the head of the prisoner of war camp, um, my mum is sick, she's dying, can I go back to Britain? Can I see my mum and can I say my farewells and goodbyes? And then I'm going to come back and rejoin the, uh, the prison camp? That's a pretty bold thing to, uh, to ask. <laughs> um, strangely, it's, this, is, this is a true story, it's very strangely, the, um, and reluctantly, the head of the prisoner of war camp approved this and said, yes, you can go back and say goodbye to your mum, say your goodbyes, but then you have to come back and rejoin the, uh, the prison camp. It turns out that Captain Robert Campbell was true to his word. He went back, he said goodbye to his mum, and then he, because he made a promise, because he guaranteed that he was going to come back, he did choose to come back. He could have easily taken the easy route and not return, but he kept his promise. Now, I'm guessing for the, uh, for the leader of the prisoner of war camp... He would have been thinking the whole time, "Have I been? Uh, <laughs> has this been wrong? Like, surely this guy is not going to be going to be coming back. Surely this guy's not true to to his word." Um, and I think sometimes maybe we can come to, to God and uh, and look at His promises a little bit like that. We can think, "Yeah, that has been a promise, and and I know that's that's probably true, but is He really going to fulfil that?" But this promise. From God, we know, we know, we know, we know that he is faithful to his promises. And those who ask for wisdom, James 1 verse 15, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God because he gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. He will fulfill his promises to his people and he will provide wisdom to anyone who asks it, asks for it. The big, the big question that some of you um, might have as we, uh, as we finish up our time together tonight is, um, is why does this matter? Why does wisdom m- matter really? Like, you can get by in life without needing to make wise decisions. Why is this something that James cares about? This comes up a lot throughout the book of James. But why is this something that God cares about so much? This comes up again and again throughout Scripture. Why is this a big deal? Without us realizing it sometimes, we are relying on wisdom to guide a huge part of our lives. Um, Often in my my opportunity of being able to um, to do ministry, um, I've had people coming to me and asking questions um, along the lines of um, what career should I take what what's the best career option for me what spouse should I marry what life opportunity should I pursue and i've had I've seen people take this to um, a, a a pretty far degree and even Um, get stressed out about asking God, what should I be buying in the supermarket today? Lord, what is your will? Do I buy this lettuce? Do I buy uh, the, the unpackaged lettuce or the packaged lettuce? Which one should I pick? What is your will for this right now? The better question to ask, rather than always saying, Lord, what is your will for me in this situation? Although we need to do that, don't I don't want to um, push that to the side, but a better question for us to ask much of the time is what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise course of action to be able to take? What will honour God the most and be best for the people around me? This is the question that we should be asking more often. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, more often than than anything else. God isn't going to be angry at you. He's not going to judge you or hurt you if you make des, uh, decisions in your life that come from seeking the wisdom that only comes from God. And we've already said, what does that wisdom look like? It looks pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So don't stress about always being in God's will. Pray for wisdom. Make wise decisions according to God's word. And pursue them with prayer. What is the wise thing to do? And some of you tonight, you might be at a crossroads with certain things in your life. You might be looking at what your future looks like. This is probably the thing that I hear most from people, it's in regards to careers or. Um, or even spouses at times. Um, What does the, the future look like for me right now? Is it this direction or is it this direction or is it something totally different? But the most important thing that you can do is pray for wisdom. Ask God, provide wisdom for me because what do we see in God's Word? He's going to provide it. He will provide it. It's a promise that we see in His Word and then act out of wisdom and know that god is going to bless it. so some of you might be be facing that tonight and what i just want to do right now is pray for you so team do you guys want to come on up and let's spend some time in prayer Uh, and i just yeah really want to particularly pray that god who is gracious in in fulfilling his promises will pour out wisdom to us tonight do you just want to stand to your feet and let's um let's pray together Lord, we do want to be in your will. We want to be in the center of where you want us to be. But Lord, often we know that your your will is for us to just be wise, to make wise decisions. To pursue the things that we see in your word lord would you make us people who aren't desiring um, selfish ambition within our own lives we don't want to be people who are just out to achieve things for our own glory and for our own namesake we want to be people who exist to lift up the name of jesus in everything that we do Lord, for my brothers and sisters here tonight, if they have been harboring bitterness in their hearts, in relationships with others, Lord, I ask that you will take that away and replace it with the things that we see here in your word. Would you make us a people who are pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, make us full of mercy and good fruit, make us impartial, and make us sincere. We want to do this because we want to be pursuing the things that you have for us. Well, I have a sense right now that there is someone here tonight who is just at a real crossroads in their in what they are going to be pursuing for work in the future and right now god for that person i really do pray that you will provide wisdom pour it out on whoever that is and for all of us who are needing this at the moment we take reassurance in what your word says that you will provide for those who ask so help us to be a people who ask We know that you, Lord Jesus, are always available to us. And so we want to be people who ask you because you are a father who gives good things to your children. And so we just receive that tonight. We receive the good things that you have for us. We receive the wisdom that you provide for your people when we ask. And as we seek to be wise in our lives, Will we see great fruits come from that so that we might honour the name of Jesus and that we might act in ways that are good for people around us. In Jesus' name, amen.